This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey everybody, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs. I'm an evolutionary astrologer and channel on the web at tdjacobs.com and on the planet in Tucson, Arizona, USA. And uh, tonight's show is about uh, test tube babies, IVF, and the soul's journey. Uh, this is a really interesting uh, topic that kind of um, grew organically out of a, out of a little a little nubbin of interest. Um, but it's going to be a great show. You're really going to really going to enjoy this. First, I want to start off with some announcements. Today is August sixth which means that so far six days in August, we've been doing the daily 20-minute energy work calls. Uh, check out my site at tdjacobs.com, uh, uh, whether through my blog or my site calendar, to get the details. Uh, the number is posted. Uh, this is a great opportunity to get a little bit of energy work every day in August. Call in as often as you want. No, no RSVP, no minimum, no commitment, no, you know, using it as a, a nifty way to snag your email address so I can mark it to you every week later for the rest of your life. Um, just offering you this energy work, and then the fee is on a sliding scale. We take care of that at the end of the month. Details uh, in the flyer posted online. Uh, so that's uh, that's the main announcement to share with you. Um, so here we have this idea of IVF, this idea of test tube babies, which are actually Petri dish babies. But anyway, test tube kind of appeals to the imagination a little bit more with the crazy scientist image or the uh, the, uh, the the scientists on the Muppets or something with the, the crazy test tubes. Um, basically, what your soul wants you to do in any given life is to utilize your options and find out the best ways for you to make choices to figure out how to be a person how to make yourself happy, how to make other people happy, how to do what you want, how to figure out what others want, how to learn about yourself through relationships, and how to have experiences that truly matter to you. So, uh, when we think, you know, it's 2014, and the first uh, quote, test tube baby, end quote, uh, Louise Brown, I'm going to look at her chart in a minute, um, you know, she's in her mid 30s. And so, this is not a new idea for us, but I remember. I was born in 72, and I remember hearing as a little kid, you know, about test tube babies and about this, and it was a, kind of a kind of a lot of um, public discourse about this, kind of um, either, it's either a brave new world or a terrifying new future, depending on, you know, what you're thinking about and how you want to file what it means that this is possible. Um, and then as I grew up, it, the discussion shifted to people uh, getting IVF, in vitro fertilization. They are, in fact, the same thing. I put them each in the title of the show to point out how we relate to these terms over the last, you know, uh, three and a half decades and how, how that's changed. 
a test tube baby is either, you know, that phrase is either it's miraculous, like this, the miracle of science, or it's strange and mysterious and crazy. But IVF, in vitro fertilization, you know, that's that's how it, when we say IVF, sometimes we say that, you know, the, we spell it out right after that. And that is, you know, a triumph of modern medicine, blah, blah, blah. So these different ways of approaching this. Um, and then in these in these uh, two case studies that I'm going to look at tonight, uh, there's a very kind of different experience uh, that's, that's going on uh, with each of these two families that I'm going to look at. Each one has unique karmic profile, and as we're we're going to look at uh, the chart of Louise Brown, uh, the first the first baby born uh, in this way, a petri dish baby or test tube baby, um, and talking about her karmic journey, and then I'm going to be talking about Nadia Solomon's family. She's referred to as Octomom, and I'm going to go through uh, some of her kids' charts. And uh, and look at look at them not necessarily with hers but look at the uh, karmic themes that are outlined that will help you understand more about why she has made the choices that she has made and why these the souls of these kids want to be in on that kind of perplexing when you um like I watched a six minute video on her today and I I was just really turned off by her I I've been you know as I've mentioned in recent shows I didn't keep up with the news, and certainly not with um, uh, passing fads and uh, obsessions on uh, TV uh, for quite a long time. Um, and so I was aware of her. I'd caught a headline here or there, a little bit of a news story here or there. But I really had not – I'd gone out of my way, actually, to avoid being more aware of, of her energy and her field. And so I did that today, and um, it supports what I'm what I'm working with as I look at her chart and the chart of, charts of her uh, – of 14 IVF children. So let me just say a little bit, that idea of um, what your your soul wants you to figure out how to use technology if it's available, like how to live in the world you're actually living in. If you're living in a world with certain scientific advancements, the soul wants you to explore how they might fit into your life or if you do not want them to. The souls don't judge anything. The souls don't say, it's crazy modern science crap. You stay, stay away from that. The soul says... I want you to explore what it means to you, dear human self, uh, what it means to make the right choices. The soul is is not enthralled by the magic of science at any part of the timeline. The soul was not uh, fearful of the implications of science. Um, uh, so the soul wants you to learn what's available to you in order to fully express who you are, to explore. You know, to make choices, to say, wait a minute, this is who I am. That's not who I am. I've been thinking about that theme quite a lot lately as I've been hearing um, some media coverage of transgender people. And and I've been thinking about that as because my, my radar for that is really sharp. Um, not even just like obvious cases, but my, my radar for, for what chromosomes of people, chromosomes of people, what chromosomes a person has, uh, it tend to be, in, in, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's Pluto, Venus, and the 12th, or Moon, Mercury, and Neptune, but I have a, um, I have an ability to do that. So so anyway, when I run into somebody, you know, it just, it just piques my interest, but then I've also been having, uh, hearing some some, uh, some news coverage of that. So, But the idea of why the soul would want to put a person in this position or something like that, and, um, you know, the idea of having free will 
is actually the opportunity for the soul through your choices to for you to actually experience your soul's divine power choice free will dealing with the consequences of choices these are all uh, really important this is why we're here ultimately the soul wants you to figure out how to choose to go from fear-based motivations and fear-related choices into uh, you know faith or love-based and related uh, motivations and choices but along the way uh, you know you're in charge of making these choices and it's important for you to do what you need to do for yourself take care of yourself say yes and no inappropriate and um, and part of this involves exploring the use of technologies that may help you express yourself so um, so anyway one I want to jump into Louise Brown's chart I want to give you her birth date of first July 25th 1978 1147 p.m. in Oldham OLD England and um, so when, when I looked at this uh, you know, we have a, a fifth house Leo Sun, somebody who needs to, uh, you know, express herself. We have a, a Taurus rising with Chiron in the first. You know, I just kind of look, look around the chart. But, but what really, um, what really caught my attention is uh, this Moon, Moon conjunct Eris in the twelfth house in Aries, uh, opposing Pluto in the sixth. So, in a bunch of different lives, Pluto in the sixth is trying to be of service, be helpful, be useful. Pluto in the sixth is the te is the teamwork signature. I, I really need to learn how to how to not stand out too much. But here we have opposing Moon and Aries in the twelfth. So basically, her soul's journey is in some way wrapped up with her family issues being in the twelfth house. There are two layers of this I want to talk about briefly. Um, one of them is. The twelfth house is the house of uh, is a part of the chart where we're not quite sure why things happen the way they do. The house of synchronicities and the house of um, sometimes unknown factors playing in. And one of the things that uh, her parents uh, didn't know was that in seventy attempts to create a baby in a petri dish in this way, that ultimately Louise was conceived through, they hadn't done it yet. Like these particular, these two particular doctors uh, hadn't done it yet. It wasn't successful yet. They hadn't, uh, they hadn't told her, uh, they told the parents all these details before they did this. Um, so they did this, and the baby was born, and it was successful, and everything was fine. The baby was healthy. Everything was fine. Everything's great. But there is a secret thing that informs it. This this unknown factor that that may have been in there, um, and also uh, Eris. Eris is about um, sometimes striking or um, stirring up chaos and discord, which um, which is a result of, and it, and it actually um, serves to further stir up uh, chaos and discord related to insecurities. So the other layer of this is in the twelfth house, the collective moon in the twelfth house. You know, part of her family system is actually wrapped up with a global theme. You know, using this technology to create a baby, and people—some people were incensed, some people freaked out. Some, you know, um, um, a pope had a statement to make, like, you know, like, like um, we shouldn't let this go too far. We shouldn't do this. Um, but the moon and the twelfth opposing Pluto in the sixth, essentially Pluto in the sixth, like I say, 
uh, often is is the attempt to you know over many lives to be useful, to be of service, and to be humble is a part of that, and to not stand out too much. And here we have her family opposing her Pluto, uh, you know, her family at odds with that Pluto of creating this media sensation through Eris about moon issues in the 12th house and being the first to do it, but they didn't know it. That's a very Aries 12th house thing, to not know you're the first one and to be the first and then to get a lot of attention for it sometimes. Um, she also does, uh, Louise also does have the south node in the 12th in late Pisces, and so there's something in there about the family system in general uh, over time going with the flow or being part of the greater fabric of reality, being a part of uh the, you know, being uh, in some way related to the masses, or um, or really shaped by being part of greater movements, that can that can happen with the South Node uh, in the twelfth house. And uh, one other detail in uh, Louise's chart is this Mars and Virgo in the sixth house conjunct the Virgo sixth house North Node. So in a bunch of lives, she needs to assert who she is, not feel that things are out of her hands. That's a very normal Pisces uh, 12th house kind of kind of uh, energy. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be learned helplessness in the 12th house with the south node there. Not sure how to change things. Not sure how to do things. Uh, you know, make things happen. With Mars on the north node, in a bunch of lives, Mars may be missing for her. So for her to assert who she is and to do 6th house Virgo things in the ways that work best for her, of course, her Pluto is there, so that's important. Um, but this is something that in some lives may be missing for her. Um, so, so as it turns out, she seems to be very well adjusted. And uh, she's proud to be the first, but she doesn't have a thing about it. You know, she doesn't have like a Leo fifth house kind of obsession about it. And um, I was reading a thing, uh, a couple of different articles today, and one of them was saying that, and this was from like 10 years ago, uh, saying that she um, had volunteered uh, – at some kind of um, celebration day where there were uh, dozens of, of kids who had been conceived this way since since her, and she was doing a talk, she was speaking, but she but she seems pretty pretty uh, well balanced and like a normal person, and um, that's the kind of like the, the the power of Pluto in the sixth is just like to find a groove and 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 to do that as long as she doesn't feel trapped, but it doesn't sound like she does. She she uh, she seems like a very uh, well adjusted person, um, and the other thing that's possible. That doesn't seem to be um, that doesn't seem to be uh, in play from what I was reading about her is that Chiron in the first the sense of being different your very existence uh, may may seem weird Chiron in the first people carry this energy of difference so very obviously she she carries this energy of being uh, you know the the first person to to, to uh, be born in this way and it's not even the first person who did this. Those are the the doctors who, you know, did 71 procedures to get one, you know, before they got one successful, and then the parents, unknowingly being the first, you know, unwittingly being the first. So they're the first. She's just kind of like, you know, she can't help that that she, that this is the first. She can't help, but she's different. That's part of the Chiron and the first thing. But she doesn't give off a sense of woundedness. Uh, and you see a picture of her in a, for an interview, and she's beaming. She's smiling. She's a happy person. So, um, so anyway, so that is uh, Louise uh, Brown's chart. I just thought that was interesting. This uh, put on the six, I'd really like to just fit in here and not stand out too much. Uh, opposing Moon, Eris, and Aries in the 12th is kind of like um, worldwide media sensation of being the very first in this new way of conceiving uh, a child. And, and uh, uh, yeah.
So that takes me to the first break. Stick with me. This is Tom Jacobs on The Soul's Journey. I'll be right back. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. To book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. Welcome back. This is Tom Jacobs, and you're listening to The Soul's Journey here on CTR. And uh, tonight I'm talking about uh, Test Two Babies IVF and The Soul's Journey. And uh, just uh, covered uh, Louise Brown, the first uh, the first Petri dish or Test Two Baby from uh, born in uh, 1978. Her birthday was uh, recently, which is how this uh, came about. That's uh, so I'll tell you the story. Uh, that's actually how this came about. I was telling my girlfriend before the show. Uh, when I had this idea, and she said, where did this come from? Because I explained the whole thing that I'm about to explain to you, and she was completely intrigued. And I and uh, I scanned the list of birthdays sometimes on astro.com just to see, and this name has stuck uh, stuck out to me. I think last year, Louise Brown, for no reason, I don't think I've ever heard it before, uh, but it's, it, it stood out to me, so I read it last year and said, oh, I should do a show on that, or write a blog post. But it, it wasn't really... Uh, it wasn't really loud, and when I saw the name this year, I said, why was I thinking about that name? Read the story and said, oh, yeah, i got to do a show. And then I went to um, uh, one of the tags that they could, they have in their database on Astro.com was uh, something about uh, uh, IVF or test tube baby or something like that. And so I looked at other ones, and then I saw all those Solomon kids and said, oh, right, this other person. Too. So let's uh, let's uh, edge into that, um, and this is a great story for evolutionary astrology. It's a great story for for um, really understanding something interesting about the moon and the soul's uh, 
the soul's journey, how the souls uh, in a family come together. When you look at one person's chart and there's a moon nodal connection, you can assume that in one way, to some degree, everybody in that family, which is in one way represented by the south node, a person's many, multiple lifetimes of karmic experience and conditioning, but that conditioning includes the karmic incubator of family. So uh, it happens on two levels. Like One is that the, the soul has decided this person will be trained in this way and have early life experiences to reflect this, and it becomes a lens through which the person sees the world. That's the south node. But you know that requires being conditioned by other people, and family is the place that that happens. A family one is born to and or raised by. People who are adopted or fostered, this, this counts as well. This is, a, this is applicable also. So when you see one person who has moon square the nodes, and then you go to look at the rest of the family charts, you may see a lunar theme in some way, a moon theme, a fourth house theme. You may see that as a thing in the chart, but you may not. It may be that um, it's not reflected in the charts and it's just reflected in the emotional dynamics of how they relate to each other. Um, it, it, it tends to be true that you know, two or three themes, usually I, I keep seeing two being really prevalent in different, in different families. Um, uh, like in my family, it's the Leo Aquarius archetype. So Sun Uranus, Leo Aquarius, 5th house, 11th house, uh, runs in uh, a bunch of charts in my family. There's a different thing regarding the nodes and the lights and different things. Uh, with other people, I think I was just talking to somebody else, and it was um, something like Mars and then also Virgo. Uh, you know, these being like really important things. But there are different kinds of themes that get activated uh, through family systems that we're learning about together. Um, uh, so first we're going to look at... Uh, Nadia Solomon's chart, and she's Octomom, of course. Um, so, okay, just bear with me, because we're talking about her plus 14 kids, and that's not 15 charts the way I'm doing it. We're going to we're gonna kind of breeze through a bunch of these charts uh, and then kind of go back and forth. Um, so if you're listening at home, you might, I think it would be good to draw these charts up or look them up online. Uh, they're all on astro.com, but for the eight uh, kids who were born last, the octuplets, we're going to use the chart of the first one. And that's actually, um, the, being unfair like that is part of the part of the deal with their karmic journey. I'll explain that when we get there. Like, Tom, that's not very that's not very fair, like lumping them all together and not seeing them as unique individuals. Yes, that's right. That's part of the story. Uh, but also, I don't want to give you 15 sets of birth data. So uh, first, Nadia Solomon, the mother, July 11th, 1975. 9.59 p.m. in Fullerton, California, F-U-L-L-E-R-T-O-N, California, Fullerton, or Fullerton is how, uh, is how my playful self would say it, uh, Fullerton. So, um, so right away we see her south node conjunct series. So there's a story in there. Right away we see her son conjunct Saturn, but in Cancer, in the fifth house in Cancer. So we can see right away that there's a mothering theme or a parent theme or a nurturing theme happening. Um, when Ceres is conjunct anyone's south node, issues about nurturing and protection uh, loom large in the person's karmic history and family system. It could be issues about who's going to take care of me. It could be issues about um, I love you, let me take care of you. 
please don't ever leave me because I don't know who I am if I don't have you to take care of. That's a series story. Uh, it can also be an avoidance of trying to take care of people but hoping someone's going to take care of you. It's like all these things are possible uh, with a series on the south node. Um, so we have that. And then we have the sun, as I mentioned, uh, sun conjunct Saturn in you know, a cancer. So there's a thing with her about needing to, you know, basically, we could say be in charge of a brood. I mean, that, that signature, like um, that, now that could in some people come out as uh, this person is a mid-level manager at a company and his or her department is the brood. Uh, in somebody else's life, it could be um, these, these uh, seven cats, two kittens, and five dogs, and three lizards, and a snake, like a brood. You know, uh, it, it, so it could come out in lots of different ways. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, human baby children. Um, but there's something in there where she needs to do something about that. Uh, but then the the real story. Oh, I also want to say this: Lilith, the true Black Moon Lilith, the the osculating apogee, not the mean position, the true position, is at 24 Aquarius on the on the ascendant, just in the 12th house you know, just above the horizon, a quarter of a degree, less than that. And um, it's often thought that it's assumed by a lot of people doing kind of traditional Lilith work that Lilith is a bad mother. In fact, um, because the story is that Lilith tries to kill babies to get back at men and God because of how she was punished with her own children uh, dying as a punishment for not returning to Adam when he was very lonely after she left him. So there's this thing uh, in Lilith mythology, and the thought about Lilith is that she'd be a terrible mother. She's a vengeful mother. She's not grounded. She's not practical. She's not sane. She's all over the place. You can't count on her. All these kinds of things. Um, uh, the devouring mother, the terrifying mother, the abusive mother, something like that. What it is really about is needing to operate instinctively and do what you need to do. So Lilith dominates her life. She's a very Lilith figure. Now, I watched this video of her today, um, and I saw it, but I also saw her kind of son in the fifth house kind of thing. And her, um, you know, I, I, I kind of I saw that, but, um, you know, I saw the Sun-Saturn conjunction a little bit. But um Really, uh, just to understand that she's making these choices about having all these kids for her own reasons, and everyone else, when we do our Lilith thing, everyone else thinks we're crazy or dangerous, you know. So, so just as one note that she, her that Lilith, this energy dominates her life. You can check out Lilith Healing the Wild, a book that I've written, and also lots of resources on my site tdjacobs.com about Lilith, including our natal report and an 11-hour intensive, uh, an audio intensive. Um, so. Or I guess it's uh, seven or eight hours. But um, anyway, so Lilith does dominate her chart, but that doesn't make her a good or a bad mom. It just means she behaves instinctively, and she might go against the grain and really make some people nervous uh, when she when she does just what you know she needs to do. But then the real story comes in with the south node. South node's in Taurus, 29 Taurus. South node ruler therefore is Venus, and I look at this to to tell me about her role in many lives. Venus is in Virgo in the seventh, conjunct moon, square the nodes. This is where the real story comes in. The seed is planted for her 
with the series on the South Node. She has many experiences in various lives where she has a big family or needs one. She might not know how to live life without having a family and and creating a family. She might not, you know, that, that's a deep in her emotional field is this idea of nurturing and series and taking care of people and having kids. But then you, um, but then you look at this, uh, you know, seventh house because Pluto's also there. Pluto and Libra in the seventh is the need to relate to others. And when I first saw that video and saw her energy and saw this chart, I was like, oh, she doesn't like to be alone. Like she needs a family because she can't be alone. She defines herself to some degree in terms of who she is with and what she does for other people. This is the key to her story. Pluto in the seventh in Libra and then also the south node ruler conjunct moon square the nodes. So when your south node ruler is in the seventh, it means you show up in many, many lives um, and define yourself in terms of your relationships. Now, you might do what others tell you, which is not her story, uh, because of the Lilith thing really dominates. And Lilith people, when they're healthy, don't you know just blindly do what other people tell them. Um, or you try to please people. You try to make them happy by uh, becoming the person they they would like to be around, chameleon energy, south node ruler in the seventh, um, or you find yourself trying to get things going with other people, if they don't respond, you're lonely. Like if you can't get people to play with, <laughs> then you're going to be lonely with the south node ruler and Pluto in the seventh. And then on the personality level, Venus and Moon in the seventh. So she needs someone to play with. She needs people to play with. And when the south node ruler itself is square the nodes, there's an issue of, I take this idea from Steve Forrest, my teacher, who says that you're, you're your own worst enemy because you, in fact, square the place you're coming from. There's friction between you and your conditioning. So what we're getting at is, what I'm getting at here is that Venus moon in the seventh is square series on the south node. So she's she's got many, many lifetimes of needing series and the square to the node says she's trying to figure out the right way to do Venus moon and in Virgo being of service to others so essentially now she has this brood and she is constantly of service to them when she's not um, doing doing some other things to, to earn some cash or whatever uh, which I may or may not get into as we go um, but that that issue about moon conjunct the south node ruler square the nodes needing family connection now when moon is square the nodes just in general and we're going to get into this because half the kids have this the other half have it on the north node which is why the story is so great <laughs> from an evolutionary astrology perspective um, but when the moon is square the nodes it mean there means there's an unresolved issue about family safety security nurturing love unconditional love, something like this. Um, something's unresolved. Don't think of it as a skipped step. I just, I don't teach that at all. I think of it as an unresolved issue. And what I tell people is, uh, you know certain things about it, but you need to learn more. And I use this example, maybe there were seven, let's say there were seven core principles about this thing that I could tell you about and say, well, you know, to do it well, you should do each of these things, you know, in measured doses and cover all this territory. You know, let's say there's seven things. Uh, you might be really good at four or five of them. You might have experienced three, four, or five of them. So there are things that you're going you're gonna to rely on your habits. 
and you're not going to stretch into new territory and learn how to make new choices, unless you do, but you're going to prefer the things you know. But it's an unresolved issue because you keep doing the same thing over and over again, and then you, after a while you realize, why do I keep doing the same thing over and over again? That seems a little crazy. I'm not getting the result I want. And with squares to the nodes, we can be a little blind about what that other thing could be because we prefer what's familiar, so we'll just do the same thing over again later. I mean, it sounds inane and silly and almost embarrassing. Like if you found this out about yourself that you did this, you know, and when I do it, I have a bunch of squares to the nodes, and when I do it, I'm embarrassed, you know, <laughs> about myself too. Um, but this is just part of the learning process to recognize what these are. So uh, Moon, Venus, and the seventh, uh, what can she receive from others? What nurturing, what help, what what uh, assistance, what can she receive from others? There's, there's a whole thing, you know, with her about uh, being on public assistance and being unemployed while she's getting IVF and having more and more babies. There's a whole thing about her, if you remember that uh, from several years ago, and that's kind of how she's... Uh, kind of how she's known, you know, the kind of like very simple label, uh, the moniker or whatever that's kind of attached to her, um, Octomom, you know, like that's how she's going to be known forever. And all those kids are going to be known as, you know, the kids of Octomom, Octokids, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, um, but so Moon, Venus, and the Seventh is an unresolved issue. What can I ask for from you? What are you willing to give? What should I give you? What should I do for you? You know, how much responsibility should I take for this relationship? All these different questions. But it's trying to be of service, trying to be helpful, trying to be specific to build something together. So she was married to a guy. Uh, after four years, they separated. Uh, they married in 96, separated in 2000, and he filed for divorce in 2006. Um, and the issue was that, that according to him in this, in this thing I had read, uh, today, and of course I trust everything I read on the internet, right? Anyway, the issue uh, is reported to have been, say it that way, I'm going to try to be fair, um, that they couldn't get pregnant, she really wanted to get pregnant, she wanted to do IVF, and he didn't like that idea. So he kind of, you know, they parted ways and he wished her well, but he didn't want to have anything to do with, with IVF, that didn't seem right to him. And uh, so she was really determined, she was really, really determined. And this is a kind of signature with Ceres on the south node, Moon in the seventh square of the nodes. It is a signature of perhaps in some lives not having that family that you crave. The soul isn't about giving you what you want. What, what you want and crave and, and perceive you need to be healthy and happy and safe and secure and fully expressed, it's your job to do it, but sometimes it doesn't happen because it's not about happiness, it's about the full variety of human experience. So moon in the seventh square of the nodes could be, um, maybe it can be, I don't find anybody who wants to have babies with me. That's possible. You know, it's possible for her with this with this chart set up. Um, series on, on the south node, it's possible to have that be, I crave a family but don't have it. You know, that's possible. Um so this is her this is her moon story unresolved receiving giving you know seventh house receiving and giving virgo being of service um uh, i do perceive that she's somebody who needs attention uh when i was a cynical teenager uh i was a cynical teenager up into my 20s but when i was a teenager and i was <laughs> and i was cynical part of me sometimes i'd i'd run into somebody 
who had a baby and I would think, oh my God, I think this person had a baby so that somebody would love him. Like to have a little version of yourself that would love you because it's completely dependent upon you. This is a cynical Tom Jacobs, you know, 15, 14 years old. Um, but I kind of wondered about that. I kind of felt like some people might be having kids because they just needed someone to love them. That's my, my uh, whatever, Jupiter square Pluto uh, cynicism. But um, but when I saw her on this video, I was like, yeah, she's <laughs> she's one of those people. I'm not even that cynical anymore about it, not even close. But I do just get this, this sense of the seventh house for her, Pluto and Libra in the seventh and this stuff, like needing attention. You know, just needing attention and needing uh, to not feel alone. And the way that that comes through is to have a big family for her. And uh, one other note, uh, with Jupiter Chiron together, Jupiter conjunct Chiron in the second house, when she has faith in her value system, Jupiter in the second, you know, faith would be Jupiter, belief in the self. When she does that, um, Chiron is active. And so she's going to probably be viewed as somebody with a whacked out value system. So I want you to, I want you to look at her. I'm, I'm asking you to have a little compassion for her, as I do when I look at any chart, even though I was kind of making fun of her a little bit earlier, and I may do so a little bit more. I, I do have compassion for this soul's journey. Um, Lilith on the Ascendant, got to do what I got to do. You know, there's like a real, I have a respect for people who have to do what they have to do and who trust that, even if it means being independent, going their own way and getting some flack from others. And then this Jupiter Chiron in the second, um, you know, her value system is she's going to have a lot of, of faith in it and it may seem a little whacked out to people. So that takes me to uh, the second break. Uh, this is Tom Jacobs on the soul's journey. Stick with me. I'll be right back with a chart of half of her children, charts of half of her kids. Ever wondered what your soul is? How about how to create a meaningful life to make the most of your time on Earth? In the important new channeled book, Conscious Living, Conscious Dying, Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth and St. Germain, explains soul, life, and death to support you in living a meaningful life now. It opens with a description of soul and how it informs and experiences your human life. Creating a meaningful life and an in-depth exploration of death follow, making this a must-have for all humans. Conscious Living, Conscious Dying provides a roadmap for making peace with the reality of life and the fact of death to free you to make the most of your time on Earth. Get your copy of Conscious Living, Conscious Dying now on Amazon, Kindle, or at tdjacobs.com. When you've thought positive thoughts, tried to forgive yourself and others for everything, and read piles of self-help books and still feel stuck, call evolutionary astrologer and channel Tom Jacobs. Consultations with Tom reveal the core of what hurts you and holds you back. Tom changes clients' lives with a personalized blend of evolutionary astrology, messages from spirit guides, channeling and energy work with Ascended Master Jehudi and Archangel Metatron, chakra cleaning and rebalancing, past life integration, and teaching you to transform what you are manifesting. Tom will provide whatever you need to move through knots, blocks, or bruises. 
to book a life-changing session with Tom Jacobs, call 213-925-6019 or visit tdjacobs.com. back to the soul's journey this is your pal tom jacobs uh, on the web at tdjacobs.com and in tucson arizona on the planet and uh right now i'm uh, going to start talking about nadia Suleiman's children we're going to talk about the moon journeys here we talked about uh the mother herself who has a uh, moon square the nodes uh conjunct southland ruler so moon issues are a very big deal for her what is safety security what is family where do i belong uh, how can I be accepted? What do I have to do? What does it cost to be accepted? All these kinds of things. Now we're going to move on to look at her kids. Now, when she's known as Octomom, and when she had those octuplets, she um, had already had six kids in a few years, one set of twins, and uh, and she, you know, is kind of um, a whole big media to do, and or brouhaha, something like this, a big like chaotic thing. Uh, people freaking out because she was on public assistance or not employed or, you know, and still investing all these resources in uh, in IVF. And she just knew that she uh, needed to do this. I do want to also say that, uh, just one thing that came up. I wanted to look at the, the chart of this other dude, but uh, it didn't happen today uh, for this show. It may come up later. But the doctor who did these procedures for her, um, towards the end of this, when she said, yeah, I want to go one more time, um, he implanted... 12 her like I guess maybe her last 12 frozen eggs uh which apparently it's supposed to be three or four maybe up to four or something so anyway this guy this doctor uh this fertility doctor lost his license over this so there's a karmic story in there too and uh when I told my girlfriend about this she said oh is there a Jupiter story in there and I'm like yeah there probably is <laughs> like the overabundance um but anyway that was uh and that resulted in uh, octuplet. So, so let's start with the the the, the first kid, um, whose name is Elijah. Just bear with me. If you're like driving your car or whatever, or, like flying a jet a jet plane, like obviously you're not going to be typing in uh, these data. Um, but I want to give them to you for the record, and they're available online definitely. Um, Elijah was born May 18th, 1001, at uh, 1:05 a.m. in Bellflower. Sounds uh, or it is spelled just like it sounds. One word, Bell plus flower, California. And um, and the moon story for him is a uh, moon in the last degree of Pisces square the, uh, the, the Capricorn Cancer node. So again, what is family? What is safety? Where do I belong? What does it mean to belong? Uh, can I get my needs met is going to be a huge issue with these 14 kids regarding moon issues with a mother who has that same karmic pat- karmic pattern. Um, now, just bear with me, um, moving on. Um, oh, I, I do want to say that, that this little one also has a Saturn uh, in the fourth house and Jupiter, Mercury in the fourth house. So Saturn in the fourth, you know, the structure that, you know, uh, perhaps the sense of limitation or perhaps the feeling of not enough sometimes when Saturn is in the fourth house. Uh, so that's another part of this uh, part of this moon, this moon signature. Um, but the square to the nodes. And uh, uh, if we look at look at his story a little bit, uh, just briefly, South Node in the 11th house uh, has to do with being defined by social trends or group dynamics. So 
he's the first kid, but then all these other kids are going to come in pretty, I mean, they almost have their own zip code. Like there's there's a society, which is this family, these 15 people in this house. There's like a, you know, like a, like a, like a society, you know, uh, like, like an, a community of just this family. So defined by being part of a group is the South and the 11th and North and the fifth is the need to express itself individually. So for him, like this is going to be a lifelong quest to, to not be, um, referred to as, you know, oh, he was the first kid of the Octomom or whatever. But for him, over time, it's going to be really important for him to assert himself and express himself and learn how to shine is a fifth house north node kind of keyword. Um, but having a sense of support, a, a safety network or safety net, and an emotional uh, support structure and support system uh, with moon square the nodes is a question, is a question. Uh, what to do with moon? How to do it right. So that's so that's that's the first son. The second child, her name is Amira. She was born June thirtieth, two thousand two, at one fourteen a.m. in Baldwin Park, California. And uh, this little one, <laughs> she's getting older, but uh, uh, this this um, this one has uh, Moon in Pisces, also in Pisces, just like the older boy. Uh, the older kid, square the Sagittarius south node. So another moon in Pisces square the nodes. Where does nurturing come from? Am I safe? You know, all these questions about moon square the nodes, it's right here. And this one has uh, Saturn, Mercury, and Gemini conjunct uh, the north node. So the need to grow into being an authority figure and uh, the need to grow into independence and to do things on her own and to, and you know, the need to grow into that Saturn is very important here. It's also a Saturn story for a lot of these people in this family. The mother has a uh, uh, son conjunct Saturn in Cancer. And then, you know, I mentioned uh, the first boy had uh, Saturn on the fourth. This one has Saturn on the north node. So there's a moon and a Saturn story in this family. Um, and uh, also Pluto in the eighth conjunct the south node. And so uh, we can look at um, surgeries. We can look at certain kinds of invasive medical procedures. And IVF is certainly going to be a scorpionic, plutonian, eighth house kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, this is part of her, you know, the power of, of that kind of uh, technology or the power of that kind of things. And, and uh, all things about intimacy and power and how all these things work. And so, um, so this is part of her karmic, karmic story, too. Uh, then I want to move on. Uh, the third kid is Joshua, August 20th, 2003, 4.43 a.m. in Baldwin Park, California. And uh, his story, he has uh, the, the north node in Taurus, but the moon in Gemini conjunct the north node. So now for this one, um, you have moon is missing in a bunch of lives. How do I deal with emotions? Where do I belong? Am I safe? What makes me happy? Like with the square to the nodes, with the mother and the two kids thus far, uh, that's like that's like a big issue of I'm not, you know, I need to make new choices about Moon. I'm not sure where it's going to come from, or I'm going to count on this, but it's not there. Or kind of needing to make new choices with the Moon conjunct the North Node. Moon is missing, so in a bunch of lives, safety and security may be missing. And then this, uh, and then then this little one also has a. Uh, several squares of the nodes, uh, Uranus in the eighth house. This is about trust. Uh, you know, it's out of, it's out of sign. It's in Pisces, uh, with this, with the North node in, um, 
in Taurus. And then also um, Jupiter, Venus, Sun, and Leo, late in the first house, square the notes. How do I have a healthy ego? How can I relate to others? How do I believe in myself? That kind of thing. Uh, the Sun-Jupiter thing is going to come up again uh, uh, with the Moon in the charts of the octuplets here in a few minutes. Um, so all these questions about uh, self and other and uh, you know how to express my voice, how to be, how to take up space... You know, like here, uh, you know, the third or fourth kid in this in this long line of kids, and like, how can I be special? That's the Leo's uh, Leo stuff square uh, the nodes, um, and then uh, moving on, the next one is Aiden. Just bear with me. April sixth, two thousand five, two thirty four a.m. Baldwin Park, California, and um, here we have the South Node in Libra. So needing to get along with others, being, you know, perhaps not being always assertive. Sun in Aries and with Venus on the North Node. So this kid needs to develop individuality and assert the self uh, in the middle of this brood. And um, the lunar signature here is not with the moon. The thing is not, the, the big story is not with the moon, though it is another kid with moon in Pisces. If you're tracking that, that's uh, three out of these five kids. Uh, if I'm doing the math right, I'm probably not. Anyway, uh, but Saturn and Cancer in the sixth house near the descendants square the nodes. So this, that is a thing about who's in charge of meeting whose needs, who's responsible for what, what does it mean to be nurturing? What does it mean to, to, to care for people and to be cared for? And that is the, the uh, unresolved issue uh, with this kid, Aiden, born in 2005. So that's a, it's a, you know, it's a... Um, it's a lunar thing, square the nodes. It's a, you know pointed in Cancer. So there's so there's this one. I mean all these all these kids are are interesting, fascinating people on you know wonderful soul soul journeys. Um, but I'm kind of blowing through them here in a quick fashion just to give you an idea of how this how all this works. And then the uh, the eight kids, the octuplets. Uh, the okay, January twenty sixth, two thousand nine. The first one at 10.43 a.m., and they go for five minutes, so eight babies within five minutes. And so we're just going to look at the chart of the first one, uh, whose, whose name is uh, Noah. Um, but essentially, the chart's going to be really similar, you know, really similar uh, within five minutes. They'll all have Aries rising, for example, and they'll all have all this uh, stuff in common. And here we have um, the south node in Leo. Um, when that happens, uh, the South Node in Leo uh, in the fourth, by the way, and when that happens, South Node in Leo or with a Sun signature on the South Node, there is an issue of of um, how to develop the right kind of ego, the right kind of healthy ego. And typically, people with the South Node in Leo are born into families where the whole family orbits one person's ideas, creativity, opinions, uh, work, career choices, desires, fears, narcissism, like where, where, where people are orbited. So when they emerge, this this mother is famous, right? This mother becomes famous, and, and she does have this son in the fifth house signature natally. Uh, so she has this uh, Leo energy, and she definitely uh, needs to be orbited. Uh, you know, like I, I kind of painted a, a picture of her about needing attention and needing to be seen, and and this is part of this. So these kids have that Leo South Node in the fourth, and the South Node ruler Sun is conjunct the North Node with Moon 
and Jupiter. So this is a really important part of the story. Because when, when bodies are conjunct the North Node, as I mentioned earlier, the thing is missing. So Moon, safety, security, belonging, warmth, getting needs met. Sun, developing a healthy ego. Jupiter, believing in the self, having faith. And, uh, and so all this stuff is on their North Node. And because Sun is a South Node ruler, they and many lives are trying to figure out, like they all, each, the eight of them, each have their own karmic journeys, but this theme is an overlap. So their souls, you know, in the cafeteria between lives, kind of like, yeah, you know what, I think it'd be really cool as humans to be born in this particular way, in this dynamic, and be this huge news story, and be kind of vaulted into the public spotlight, and to be always known as, you know, the kids of that person. But, but eventually to develop faith in themselves, Jupiter's Sun conjunct the North Node. Um, one thing also to understand about the mom is that uh, she has that Sun-Saturn together in, in Cancer. She also has that Ceres on the South Node, and then that Moon-Venus in Virgo in the seventh square of the nodes. She's going to want to have her fingers in, in every situation, so to speak. She's going to want to have her input and her, you know, tendrils operating everything. That's normal for somebody with a strong Saturn and Cancer energy like that on the Sun, as well as the uh, series on the South Node. And um, and I did read that she went into a kind of kind of rehab for exhaustion, like to arrest, you know, uh, because she was overwhelmed. And uh, and that, you know, that those all three of those signatures say I, I have the potential to be overwhelmed. But as they grow up and they need to develop some independence, she may have a really hard time letting them do that. That may be something really challenging for her. Even though she wants, you know, them to grow up and be happy, she may have a hard time defining herself otherwise, you know, in a different way and not being on the run or on the go 24-7, caring for them, getting a few hours a night of sleep or whatever. Um, but with these kids and this carbon signature, Sun, Moon, Jupiter on the North Node, it, each of the eight kids needs to develop a healthy ego, learn how to care for the self, learn how to create safety, security, and belonging, and, and to believe in the self, and to set themselves apart, Aquarius, from this Leo thing that they find themselves orbiting. And uh, I think it's just a, I think it's a fascinating, I think it's a fascinating story. Um, um, one of the things I read today was also that uh, the mother had decided that she um, perhaps would do it a little differently or she um, she said something uh, something about how it uh, she it was different than she thought it would be and she maybe never imagined herself in this position I think that's also a very interesting thing about the moon square of the nodes and the series on the south node and then that like uh, strong work ethic that comes with Sun conjunct Saturn and uh, cancer in the fifth um, to make it happen you know in the Jupiter in the second to will that to happen um, and so now she has that experience, what it's like to have a huge family and to uh, do all these things. Because in some other life, maybe it results in not having a huge family and craving that and feeling the emptiness and the lack and the loneliness. And I think that's key to her karmic story. The last thing I'll say about her chart is that she has Neptune on the midheaven, retrograde Neptune in, uh, in uh, Sagittarius. And uh, it's conjunct the north node. It's within, uh, it's within 10 degrees. And there, so Neptune on the North Node can be uh, being famous for something um, 
Neptunian, right? She has all these kids with Pisces moons, but, but um, you know, being a, a media figure for something that you may not even really like being a media figure for. Uh, so I just, I just find the story um, really interesting in the intersection of these souls wanting to be in this dynamic together. You can't, no, no human can be born to a family without the souls involved making that agreement together. And all souls contracts in families are based in love. All souls contracts are based in love because souls are nothing but loving. So they give us, or they, uh, the souls give each other the opportunities to uh, have different experiences and make different choices. So that brings us close to the end of this uh, episode of The Soul's Journey. Thanks for joining me. You can read about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. And every day in August, every day in August this year for the rest of the month, uh, you can call a 20-minute uh, call into a 20-minute conference call and get energy work and channeling. I'm going to help you clear out your field a little bit at a time every day this month. Call in as often as you want, as often as you can. All the details can be found through my blog and also my site calendar. There's a PDF that's linked. Uh, and if you if you're doing this, I want you to keep a little journal of sorts. I'm I'm playing with uh, the idea of doing a video journal. Uh, and posting it on YouTube so you can kind of get my, my you know, my take on my experience in doing this every day, uh, uh, which is a new thing and a new and exciting thing. So I hope you can join in with that. And uh, you can read about what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com. And uh, thanks for your time and attention. And I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. Connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.